Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Over the Top Sports Show. We have an action-packed show for you uh, here today. Vinny the Shark alongside Big Mike. Robbie D is chilling in Toronto with John Tavares. But we will be joined by former Heisman Trophy winner Ron Dane. We're breaking down the AFC West today. we got a lot of preseason football to talk about. The dress rehearsal of week three, big week of preseason. And we, of course, have the MLB. we got an NBA rule change. College football starts off today, so we're going to talk about some games today. And we got Urban Meyer's suspension dropping down. So we got a lot to talk about today, but um, of course, fantasy football, fantasy baseball, crunch time is here for baseball, football, your drafts are all probably going down. We have the kingpin himself of the fantasy advice over here in Big Mike, so give us a call, 646-716-5403, 646-716-5403, over the top sport, no S on Twitter, and of course, we're on Facebook Live, so get involved in the show. Big Mike, let's kick it off with football last night, Jets-Giants preseason game, what did you take out of it? Uh, I thought Eli looked pretty good. Uh, he was impressed, you know, with no Odell there and, uh, and no Saquon. So I was happy about that because uh, to me, Vinny, he's the big question mark for the Giants is what you're going to get out of him. The weapons are there. Uh, if you have offensive line protection, which uh, they've rebuilt it, it's better. It's still not great. Call it what it is. But he's the big question mark to me. They'll only go as far as, as he takes them. I thought, listen, Sam Darnold, uh, people already put him in the Hall of Fame. I thought Teddy Bridgewater was a better quarterback last night. I really did. I was impressed with Teddy. If it was me, I'd be starting Teddy and, and trying to get some trade value, increase that, trade him, and then go to Darnold. And you don't have to start McCown. That's fine. But you, I would not start Sam Darnold week one. You still want this kid to develop. But either way, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, you have to imagine McCown's officially the man out. We haven't seen much of him in the preseason. And I agree, Teddy Bridgewater looked better. His numbers are better, 11 for 15, oh, yeah. 104 yards. Uh, Darnold was 8 for 16 with 86 yards, but that was against the starters. And he threw the, so, he had the touchdown. But... He did throw a touchdown on there. He looked okay. That's solid. He was right. 16. He's had a pretty good preseason. I think he's going to end up being the guy, but I think they should uh, they showcase Bridgewater enough. Maybe they could trade this guy with McCown going in as a backup. But, but he's uh, on a one-year deal, Vinny. Like, what exactly are you going to get right, for him? Right, right. But, I mean, Darnold looks ready. He looks ready. I know you don't want to crown him anything, neither do I. But, I mean, he naturally, he looks ready, and this is the guy. They invested highly in him. They traded up to get him. Uh, they're probably going to go with him, and we'll see what he's got. He's going to have to showcase it from the from week one on, it looks like. But, Not uh, that I don't want to crown him. I'm just saying – I'm always uh, I'd like the you know that first year of I want to see them sit back and just, and watch and usually the count is fine to learn from. usually he players is. develop better that way but I mean um, you're throwing him into the fire he's gonna learn from McCown regardless whether he's starting or not I mean Bridgewater I think has, gives them the best chances to win games naturally yeah. but um, Sam Darnold definitely had a pretty strong preseason so um, we'll, we'll see what's gonna go on with that I'm sure he's gonna get the start because the Jets fans are gonna be pretty pissed if he doesn't. Let's get back to Eli Manning, the two-time yeah. Super Bowl MVP here. Looked pretty damn good. I was a little upset with how long he played. Yeah. But like we said, it's the dress rehearsal. 17 for 23, 188 yards. He had a big uh, uh, throw and uh, play action over there. It was nice. Your boy, Cody Lattimore, had the big catch for 54 yards. 
And Sterling Shepard really shined last night, too. He really did. And if he's somebody that can take the next step, Vinny, now you're talking about another weapon. We constantly talk about Evan Ingram, who ended up getting hurt. We'll talk about Odell, Barkley. But if Sterling Shepard is able to take that next step, and he should. He was a high pick here. Uh, now you're talking about yet another weapon. They look like they had a good chemistry last night. Seven catches, 76 yards. I mean, you know, that's that's a pretty good line in a preseason game. And I thought Shepard did a pretty good job considering all the Giants injuries last year and then him filling in being that number one guy. So I think he's going to have a pretty good year. I think he's definitely a true number two wide receiver. Yeah. He had 731 yards last year, but only two touchdowns. He had eight in his rookie year. So I think he can get back to maybe that form, uh, especially with a healthy Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram, and Saquon Barkley. But – those are three guys now who are kind of question marks. We haven't seen Odell in the preseason, right. but we know they're being cautious. Yep. We haven't seen Saquon since that big run in I'm week one. With both. But really listen, am. Saquon said if this is an NFL game, he'd be ready to go. I'm yep. glad they're being cautious. But Evan Ingram last night, he left the game with a concussion. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about that. I really am because we know as Giant fans how much Eli loves the tight end. And uh, he really, just besides Bennett, you want to call it what it is, he hasn't had one that dependable. And uh, you know, Evan Ingram could be that guy. Again, you're talking about another high draft pick, another offensive weapon. He was taken, not for his blocking, for his offensive skills. So, to me, he's got a couple weeks now to get cleared. Hopefully, he does. He gets out of that. Hopefully, it's not something that lingers, and, you know, hopefully, he should be fine. But you brought up my boy, Cody Latimer. This is somebody, Vinny, that came in determined uh, this offseason and told Eli Manning right away, you're getting a better player than your brother Peyton did. He, he realizes the mistakes. He realizes that he was kind of full of himself. He said he has a kid now, that he's got to do it for her. So, to me, this is somebody that could be motivated. And, you know, again, we're talking about a third wide receiver here. But this is somebody that provides depth in the wide receiver spot, something they did not have last year. And he's a former second-round pick, so the talent's there out of Indiana. And we'll see if it translates over here with the New York Giants now. We'll see if he's grown up and taking that next step and lives up to being a second-round wide receiver in the league of the NFL. Um, Jonathan Stewart here. Oh. This is a guy who makes me more confident in drafting Saquon Barkley in fantasy football because it doesn't look like he is the guy at all. He's had a horrific, horrific preseason. Yeah, and I think they kind of jumped the gun on the contract. And it was probably, uh, you know, just because of the connection there. But, um, listen, they gave him a two-year deal. There was talk he wasn't even going to make the roster. That changed this morning. Jordan Rannan or Rannan, whatever the hell his name is, he came out. He said he's a lock for the roster. He's going to be on it. But, Vinny, that's concerning to me because now he's going to take a job away from somebody you just don't know who, but Wayne Gallman should be the clear backup here. I agree, and uh, I saw a lot of people, a lot of Giant fans raving, saying let's just buy out Jonathan Stewart and get him yeah, off the no, books already. But, on. I mean, he's on the he's on the payroll. He's a veteran. You got to keep him and yeah. see what he could do. But he really has had a pretty bad preseason. Other preseason out there, who, any standouts you've seen from any other guys, any other rookies that's standing out to you? Um, not off the top of my head that have really jumped out at me. Um, I will say I had a fantasy draft last night, as you know, with Goon and interesting stat Mike Evans fell to me in the second round Mike Evans with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year had three solid games so that made me feel pretty good getting him where I got him but heading into fantasy drafts uh, I think Fitzpatrick really could lean on this kid I really do and somebody you were pretty big on in the Denver game last night Royce Freeman the running back from Oregon um, I don't know where he went in your draft maybe you could say that but but there you go Um, he might be the guy over there in Denver they lost CJ Anderson uh, he scored a touchdown last night, so you're pretty high on this kid. I am, definitely. And we're going to talk about the division breakdown, but they had a hell of a draft. And you'll know better than I will with college, but if you get Bradley Chubb, Cortland Sutton, and Royce Freeman, I mean, this reminds me of the Saints, Vinny, with the draft that they had last year with the weapons they brought in and the and the tools they brought in. So they really did – they had some draft. Yeah, I know we're getting to the AC West, and I was going to hit that very, very hard. I loved Denver's draft. I thought they had one of the best drafts in all the NFL. So we'll get into that when we talk AFC West. 
Um, so preseason-wise, uh, let's talk about Cleveland, keeping Tyrod yeah. Taylor out there, getting a little scary. Even uh, Baker Mayfield got hurt. Um, that's, the, that's the scary part of preseason, but we haven't seen that significant injury yet that we usually see every single year. Yeah, and, and knock on wood with that, thank God. But um, Tyrod Taylor, he was going out there either way. He is not letting Baker Mayfield, who you could argue has been just as good, if not better, he was not letting Baker take his job. Whether he was getting, you know, a tra- hand transplant at halftime, he was going out there, Vinny. And uh, Baker Mayfield, though, to me, I really think he should be the guy. I, I, to me, he's looked better. Um, he's looked confident. He really hasn't even played with the first team, and you're seeing everything that he's doing. So I would like it to be Baker Mayfield, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And Kirk Cousins finally suited up for the Minnesota Vikings, and he looked pretty, uh, pretty good. 17 for 28, 182 yards. It looks like that Vikings offense is just always going to be moving the ball forward this year. Yeah, they really are. And the weapons are there, man. Diggs, Thielen, uh, Cook is back, Kyle Rudolph. The weapons are there. I love Mike Zimmer as a head coach, Vinny. You're talking about a team that really should be considering not just playoffs, Super Bowl. And then last hit on uh, preseason of games that's happened already, um, Nick Foles has not looked one bit good. And if Carson Wentz is ready week one, is Peterson going to put him in there and say, this is our guy who got us where we were? Or is he still going to be a little cautious? Because Nick Foles has not proven that he's that Super Bowl MVP that he was last year. I think it has to be one to this point. I really do. And listen, you just won the Super Bowl. So I, the pressure is off. It is. The, you know, the pressure is off. But, um, yeah, Foles has looked terrific. I think Foles is hurt, to be honest with you. He took a big hit. He had an injury that they're saying he's okay. But I think he's just out there taking one for the team. So Wentz doesn't have to get those reps. He's out there with the, you know, the first team offense. But uh, Wentz is doing individual drills. There's video of him on Twitter doing it. He looks pretty good moving around. He is wearing a brace moving around for those drills, but he does look good. And, again, you have two weeks to go. I think he's your quarterback week one. All right. And a lot of preseason today. Everyone else kicking off their dress rehearsal week three. You got the Chiefs and the, and the uh, Bears, the uh, Texans, Rams, Tennessee Steelers, 49ers, Colts. A lot of games at 4 o'clock today, including a 1 o'clock game. Ravens, Dolphins, uh, Falcons, Jags, Saints, Chargers, Bengals, uh, Buffalo, I think Josh Allen's getting the start, so that should be worth watching. And then the Cardinals and uh, Cowboys, which I guess you're going to see a lot of Josh Rosen in that. So keep an eye out for those rookie quarterbacks today. A lot of preseason to go. Uh, you ready to you jump into this? I am, but real quick, you brought up Allen. If, if A.J. McCarron is fine now, supposedly, who's your starting quarterback if you're the Buffalo Bills? Because that's a bizarre story out in Buffalo. It is. Um, definitely not Nate Peterman. Well, <laughs> but um, – I feel like they're not going to do anything with either of them. And everything I read says Josh Allen isn't ready. So if there's somebody that needs to perform today, it's Josh Allen. Otherwise, I think you're going to see A.J. McCarron. Yeah, who supposedly had a separated shoulder that magically is not separated. So just a weird story with Buffalo. Either way, McCarron still has one of the hottest girls out there on the planet <laughs> along his side. So I will never feel bad for that well, guy. Well, that's a battle between the two of them. Have you seen Allen? <laughs> I have not, actually. It is, I mean, it's a toss-up. You Josh, flip a coin. Josh Allen, I must say, though, Buffalo is just a good fit. He just looks like a Buffalo guy. He just <laughs> looks like a Buffalo Bill. He has that look to him. Uh, he's from Wyoming. He also has that Wyoming feel, uh, which goes hand-in-hand with the Buffalo uh, Bills. And Wyoming plays today when we get into college football. But uh, we have Ron Dane joining us. Speaking of college football, he won the Heisman for Wisconsin. He had four amazing years as a Hall of Famer. He's joining us at 11 o'clock. And we're going to jump into the AFC West now. Let's do it. So um, Super Bowl odds for these teams. you got the L.A. Chargers plus 1,800, Raiders plus 2,800, Chiefs plus 3,300, and the Broncos plus 4,500. Division odds, we got the Chargers plus 180, Raiders plus 275, the Denver Broncos plus 300, and the KC Chiefs at plus 320. So um, all positive payouts here in the division, which I think is um, not overwhelmingly great, but 
pretty competitive amongst each other, I would say. I agree with that is absolutely perfect the way you said it, because I think you're going to see one playoff team out of here. Uh, and I think that's going to be the Chargers. But I think everybody else could be fighting for, uh, you know, two, three or four. So you want to go team by team or you want to do the whole win losses now? Get them out of here. Win losses. All right. Win losses. I do have Rob's here. Let me pull them up. We'll start All with right. the Los Angeles Chargers who won nine games last year. What do you got them set this nine year? Nine and a half. It is nine and a half. And are you over or under? I'm over, man. I love this Chargers team heading into the year. I um, had them slightly under. I had them winning nine games. Goon, you want to write these down? You good? And um, so I'm going to have to go with the under of nine and a half because I have them nine and a seven, and that means that's under nine and a half games. Yeah. That's, that's what math is, Big Mike, right there. <laughs> so um, Rob has them at 10 and six, so he's on the over. So you guys are on the over. I'm on the under. All right. Let's move on to Oakland, who won six games last year. Their 2018 win total set at what? Seven. It is eight. Ooh. I have them at eight and eight, so uh, that's a push for me. Um, I don't know, man. There's just so many question marks. Khalil Mack isn't there. If I had to pick this, I wouldn't touch it, but uh, I would say under then, Vinny. I really would. All right. I'm also at eight and eight, which means I have to decide if I want to go over or under on it, and I'm going to go – I'm going to go with the over, as a matter of fact. I think I'm going to go with the over because there's a couple of games I didn't know if I should give them a win or loss to, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here in the last season in the dark hole over there in Oakland. Rob has them in last place at 6-10, and ten, so he wow. is definitely on the under. Let's move on to the Chiefs. They yeah. won 10 games last year. They won this division last year. Now they're over-under with Patrick Mahomes is set at 8.5. Sorry, I didn't let you guess it. <laughs> I have them at 7-9, and nine, so uh, I'm going under here, and I feel actually pretty good about that one. We're pretty spot on here with these divisions, Big Mike. I don't like how uh, spot on we are, but I have 7-9 and nine as well, so I'm big on the under. Rob, he has them nine and seven, so he's got them winning two more games than we do. So he is on the over. All right. And that leads us to the Broncos, who won five games. Their win total is at seven and a half. Uh, and I'm on the over here, eight and eight. And um, I, I, this is another one I feel pretty good about. You didn't have a quarterback last year, which is a huge issue. The defense is still good. We'll talk about it in the division breakdown, Vinny. But eight and eight, I'm on the over. And I'm definitely on the over. I'm big on these Denver Broncos. Uh, I got the over of. Seven and a half for sure. Rob is on seven and nine, so he is slightly under. And that's the uh, team win totals over there. So the Chargers, according to Las Vegas, are the favorites to win this division. Let's uh, get into them. They started 0-4 last year, but they won six of their last seven games, just missed the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills ended up taking that playoff spot from them. Um, Big offseason move. They signed Mike Pouncey, improved that offensive line. And um, we'll see. This is a team that surprised a lot of people last year, and now they're going in as a bigger favorite than they were last year. Brought in Virgil Green also, who as of now is going to be your starting tight end because you didn't bring Antonio Gates back, which you still might, so he doesn't have to play this, uh, you know, the preseason. Hunter Henry out for the year, which is huge, and they drafted Derwin James, who uh, is a pretty nice pick, actually. Um, they have a very good defense, Vinny. I think they have an underrated defense, actually, if you ask me. I love the offense still with Keenan Allen. I think Mike Williams will hopefully take the next step, for the love of God. Uh, Melvin Gordon is an absolute beast back there in a PPR league. Phillip Rivers, it might be one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the last 10 years, if you want to put it like that. Yeah, he hasn't won a so. Super Bowl. Uh, so to me, they're a clear favorite in this division. They are a step ahead of the rest of the division. All right. I mean, yeah, the talent is definitely there. And for a team that got off to the start they did and then finished the way they did, um, you got to say they're going to get their uh, crap together this year and have a more complete season. Um, they went to defense in the draft. I love Derwin Jones from uh, FSU, FSU, Florida State. And um, I hope they bring back Antonio Gates because I'm, I'm not done seeing this connection. Yeah. I love that Rivers-Gates connection, and I want to see it continue. Antonio Gates is one of the best tight ends of all time. Is he a Hall of Famer? 
Uh, you have to look at his numbers, but I think it's close. I bet you he's there. I mean, he's easily – he's had better season than Tony Gonzalez in some years. And yeah. I think uh, in our lifetime, this last decade or so, um, he was definitely the second-best tight end in Tony Gonzalez. And they don't even have to bring him in to play every down. I mean, you could just red zone within the 20. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge target for Phillip Rivers. So I think you'll eventually see that happen. Obviously, he's older. And I think he's going to be in Canton one day. I think he's been that good of a tight end. And personally, he's the second-best tight end I've ever seen. So uh, let's get him the call to the hall when that day comes. Chargers, I had them going 9-7. and seven. So, um, so you have a nine-win team winning this division. Well, I have them tied with the Denver Broncos, All right. which we'll get into. Um, sure. You want to get into them now? Let's do it. Let's I have them second at 8-8. Eight and eight, so. Okay, you have them second, 8-8, eight and eight, and I have them tied for first with uh, the Chargers. Denver Broncos, uh, despite dealing with Trevor Simeon as their quarterback, had the 17th total offense last year. They bring in my man, the man who went to the NFC Championship, won 13 games for the Minnesota Vikings. The case, Keenum, comes in, and uh, they lost Aqib Tlaib, which is definitely a big blow for our week secondary, but – like you mentioned earlier, oh, what a draft did the Denver Broncos have. They did. And listen, Case Freedom's an upgrade from Simeon and Brock was there for a little You're bit. Damn right it is. Uh, so I have no problem with that. The, the thing that scares me with Case Keenum is uh, that Mike Zimmer uh, team and Pat Shermer offense that Case Keenum was under, I just feel like that was more of a system fit, Vinny. So I'm a little concerned with that. He does have the weapons. You could argue the weapons are just as good here as they were in Minnesota with Thomas Sanders, Sutton. Uh, the running back Freeman could be Cook. We don't even, you know, that they could be just as good offensively. I just don't know how Case Keenum is going to do now. He's going outdoors instead of a dome where his home games are played. So to me, that's an issue. I love Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Is scary. Oh man, that's that, great. That is a, a scary t- uh, duo. But now you're talking. Uh, Talib is gone, and Tremaine Brock is going to replace him as a starting corner. That is a huge downgrade as well. I know Harris is still there. Uh, to me, this is an 8-8 eight and eight football team, which is better than where they were last year, but I do not see them taking that next step. Now, I'm not going to say the cornerback from Ohio State, Denzel Ward, is going to be a bad pick, but the Cleveland Browns are going to be kicking themselves around when they see they passed up on this guy, Bradley Chubb. He is the edge rusher. They could put him at linebacker or a defensive end. He will get in on the quarterback. This guy is awesome, and he is going to harass the quarterbacks in this league. I love that pick. Cortland Sutton was probably uh, one of the more underrated wide receivers in this draft. Yeah, but why do you take him? You know what? It's just an extra piece over there. It's just, why not? Um, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, one of their contracts got to be up. I feel like they've been there for a long time. I don't know their I contracts off the top of my head. Check, up the Denver Broncos, check, uh, check out those contracts. receivers' contracts. I guarantee you one of them is a free agent after this year. And I'm, I mentioned on the fantasy show, I think Demarius Thomas is getting back. I think he's going to have a big year at Case Keenum. I think he's got a quarterback that will actually utilize him. So I think Demarius Thomas, uh, usually this is a guy I never take because of the weak quarterbacks. Yeah. But you all know on this show, I'm a huge believer in Mr. Keenum. So, um, I mean, I look at the beginning of the Broncos schedule, and I see a lot of winnable games. Uh, home against Seattle. I don't um, think Seattle's going to be good, so win. Right. I know you're big on that, and so yeah. am I. I don't think Seattle's going to be good this, uh, this year. So, in mile high, I got them winning. Okay. Uh, the Raiders at home, I think uh, that's a toss-up. Okay. Uh, Ravens, that's a toss-up. Okay. Uh, they could win that. Uh, home against the Chiefs, I'm giving them, but not winning an Arrowhead. Okay. Uh, at the Jets, I think they That's got the win. Jets. Sure. Uh, versus the Rams, the loss. Yep. Cardinals win. Yeah. Uh, at Chiefs, I said a loss. Versus Texans, I gave a loss. Yeah. And that, yeah, this is a little rough uh, patch here. Chargers lost. lost. Steelers lost. lost. But then we get the Bengals win. 49ers, I got a W for them. Uh, for the Broncos here. So do you think the 49ers? Uh, you think the Broncos are better than the 49ers? That, I think that's a very fair team to compare them to. Because, you know, I really think the Broncos' defense is going to get back to that elite form. And uh, Chubb and Von Miller are really going to do some da- dangers in the pass rush game. So, and then they finish off with the Chargers at home. And I think Broncos, if they can get that home field advantage, 
Definitely have something brewing for them this season. Go ahead, go. They both have one more year left. One more year. So they both won't be back. So there you go. Sutton is going to be the guy down, one down the road for them. All right, so that's the Denver Broncos. I got them tied, potentially winning this division. I don't know if it's going to be them or the Chargers. I got them both 9-7. and seven. But uh, let's move on to the Raiders. We have yes. them uh, both going 8-8. Eight and eight. Why do you have them going 8-8? Eight and eight? This is just um, – Vinny, this could be a good team, 8-8, uh, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, or this could be an absolute disaster. It could be either way, and I'm 50-50 on either way. Doug Martin, you don't know what you're going to get. Jordy Nelson, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, I think Jordy Nelson was a very good player, but I also think that Aaron Rodgers helped make him that good of a player and, and helped his career last a little longer with the injuries than it did. I thought Ma- you were big on Jordy this year. No, that's not me. Double-check the tapes. <laughs> Martavius, Bry- Martavius Bryant, I think they wasted a fourth-round pick giving uh, Pittsburgh that for him. Derek, uh, Derek Johnson is older. You don't know what you're going to get. Giltrist, again, you don't know what you're going to get. You let Crabtree go, who had a nice season. Uh, Alden Smith is probably in jail again, and he let Navarro <laughs> Bowman go. So, and Khalil Mack still is not there. This is a giant with a new head coach. Yeah. This is a giant, giant crapshoot. And I didn't even talk Amari Cooper, who was horrific last year. Yeah, uh, they're going to need him back, and they're going to need that MVP form Derek Carr back because without that, I'd see this going very, very south. But I do think I have faith in Carr. I think he's a good quarterback. I really do. Um, I think they're just really a, a mediocre team. I think they have a somewhat favorable schedule. I, I like all their schedules here. I got them all 50-50, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, they went to Colton Miller first round, offensive tackle. And then they went a uh, little defense. They drafted a, another offensive tackle, mm-hmm. actually, in the third round. So, they're boosting up their offensive line via the draft. Which they needed. They definitely needed that. Um, Jordy Nelson, do not draft this guy. I definitely agree with you. as a product of uh, Aaron Rodgers. Now he's gotten older. I do expect a bounce back from Amari Cooper, though. And I do think they're going to miss uh, Michael Crabtree in the red zone. We sure. talked about this last night, Goon. Can you double-check Jordy's stats, Vinny? I don't want to repeat it out loud, uh, with, you know, being wrong. I think last year, Jordy, and he was hurt sometimes, but I think he played 15 games with 53 catches. 53 catches in 15 games with Aaron Rodgers. Wow. And Rodgers was also then hurt. But right. I mean, you're talking, you know, this is Jordy Nelson, not, you know, Joe Schmo. Go ahead. That is correct. 15 games, 53 catches, 482 yards. Six touchdowns. Not a down year, but Rodgers only played, what, seven games? Right. But still, you know, seven games, 53 catches. Well, I mean, uh, they didn't have much depth over there. I don't want to harp on him there, but he's old. I know he's in his 30s, low 30s, I believe. And I don't see him being any form of a fantasy threat this year. But I do like Amari Cooper to get back to form. Marshawn Lynch, uh, I'm really sold on that run that got called back in preseason on him. I think he is that guy you could get as a late running back, too when all the running backs fly off the board. I took him last night as my running back, too, Vinny. So I have Howard and Lynch. I did not want Lynch. 33, Jordy. But uh, I did. I ended up taking him, and uh, I feel pretty good about that. We took a big 180 on Marshawn Lynch. I was with you last year saying, no, don't touch this guy. He's slow and sluggish. But he was not slow and sluggish on that run. And I'm not sold on Doug Martin either, which kind of helped that as well. So I think Lynch Lynch, you know is going to get the goal lines easily. And I think he's going to see 20 touches a game, which to me is a running back, too, in that offense. And Rob's got them finishing dead last. And um, you know what? Um, I think I said I'm giving the benefit of the over. I think I'm going to switch that to an under. But leave me at whatever, Goon. It's fine. So let's move on to the Kansas City no Chiefs. No flip-flopping on this no show. No flip-flopping. Uh, you got to live with what you say here. <laughs> and we got the tapes to prove it. Kansas City Chiefs, they won the division last year. Me and you got them finishing last. Yeah. Rob's got them going 9-7 and seven in second. So uh, tell me what you don't like about the Chiefs. Uh, first of all, it's a rookie quarterback. And I do like Pat Mahomes fantasy-wise because he can run the ball. He's got a big arm. He's got a lot of weapons. Yeah, but you're talking about a rookie uh, quarterback, maybe. That I'm, I'm, he's going to have his up and downs. 
Watkins gone. Corner David Amerson is gone. Kendall Fuller is gone. Alex, uh, I'm sorry, they were all brought in. Watkins is in. Amerson is in. Fuller brought in. Alex Smith is gone. Alex Smith, to me, Vinny, there was like the general. He really was. He used Kelsey right. He took the deep shot when he had to. Look up his deep numbers, guys. Uh, they're actually pretty good and pretty impressive, the accuracy. Tamba Ali gone. D. Ford gone. Derek Johnson gone. Ron Parker gone. Three starting linebackers are now gone. To me, this is a team that's in a rebuild mode. They have some question marks. Hill, uh, I think, is going to have a very good season. Hunt will have a very good season. But uh, I think they're going to be a team that have their ups and downs and more downs than ups. So this is a team now with a rookie quarterback. We got them uh, regressing pretty significantly. Is that because you don't believe in Patrick Mahomes? Because this guy has got so much around him, like you just said. Tyreek Hill is going to be his deep hill, uh, deep threat guy. Yep. Sammy Watkins they brought in. Yep. Kareem like Hunt Watkins. led the league in rushing last year. Yep. And um, they got Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the league. That's all the weapons you can ask for for a quarterback who has a rocket arm and the Chiefs traded up in the first round to get. So what's your beef with uh, Patrick Mahomes? Goon, can you look up? I keep putting Goon to work. Are you just, are you just uh, trying to see Kareem something Hunt's at him? Kareem game log last year. There was a five-game stretch where Kareem Hunt couldn't run for more than 50 yards. True. So I think that they're – But they weren't handing him the ball off either. If you, uh, so read the carries off with yeah, it when you get fine. to it. When you get that, dude. Um, Alex Smith, Vinny, was not somebody that turned the ball over also. And I think Pat Mahomes is going to turn the ball over. Definitely Alex more Smith, than Alex Smith. Right. Alex Smith was like the field general. He knew what he had to do. Uh, he knew what to do when. And I think Pat Mahomes, as a rookie quarterback, doesn't have that experience yet, doesn't have that knowledge yet. He does have more physical gift uh, and more physical talent than Alex Smith, but I don't think that's going to translate in the first year. Just a five-game stretch. I know there's a five-game stretch that is not good. Probably near the end. Yeah, it uh, looks like week nine was nine carries, 37 yards. Uh, week 10 was a bye. Week 11, 18 for 73, 11 for 17, nine for 40, and then he jumps back up, 25 for 116. That's not a lot of all. carries there. No, it wasn't. Which so, you have to wonder why. With a rookie quarterback, you're going to think they want to air out that lethal arm that he has and by running the ball and opening up the play right. action. Uh, everything's there, but I know Mahomes' footwork isn't the greatest, and I know he's been uh, criticized dramatically for that. As for the Chiefs' defense, an aging defense, Eric Berry is constantly hurt, unfortunately. He's yeah, one of the more fun players yeah. to watch. Very, very good player. But and what he's battled from, man, it's, it's yeah, a fun story. He's a great story and, a, and a, really a hell of a player I over there. Um, the Chiefs have an aging defense, and they lost uh, Marcus Peters, yep. and they went to the draft board. They didn't have a first-round pick due to the Patrick Mahomes uh, trade-up, and they went all defense. They <laughs> Second round, DN, third round, D tackle, third round, uh, linebacker, fourth round, safety, sixth round, cornerback, sixth round, defensive lineman. So they love their offense as is. They love their offensive line, and they are trying to get young on the defensive end. What do you think of them not taking one offensive player in the draft? You really don't see that all the time. Skill position wise, you didn't need it. Offensive line, I'm sure you could have used somebody, but skills wise, you brought in Watkins. You have two very good receivers, above average receivers. You have one of the top two tight ends in football. And you have a top five running back, so I'm fine with that. I really am. Me I too. Have, I have no issue with it whatsoever. Me me too, man. Uh, Houston, is uh, like I said, they're getting old. Eric Berry uh, has the injuries lingering on him. Yep. They lost Peters. They Their offense is good on paper. So let's just get this quarterback right and make it right the ship over there in Arrowhead. But um, I'm going to put them in last because let's look at the top of their schedule here. Sure. Uh, I got them going one and five uh, right. before they get their second win. Uh, at Chargers loss. Yep. At Steelers loss. Yep. Versus 49ers. That's toss debatable. Up. Okay. Uh, at Broncos, I got a loss. Uh, that's a toss-up to me between these two teams. But at Broncos, uh, we'll split the season. Versus Fine. Jaguars. They're loss. home. They're home for you. You're putting Blake Bortles and Arrowhead. Loud place. Loss. Good defense, though, against a rookie quarterback. And then at the Patriots, uh, the days of the Chiefs being the Patriots is not happening. 
because of rookie quarterbacks not beating Tom Brady. I agree. Plain and simple. So that's a rough start to the schedule, if you ask me. And I feel like we've talked about this now with the Giants opening up with the Jaguars. We've talked about this when we talked about the Jaguars. And now we're talking about the Chiefs here, Vinny. I don't care what Blake Bortles does in Arrowhead because that defense against a rookie quarterback, they're going to be a hell of a team to play against this season. They really are. And the Jaguars are not getting any love from anyone. And that's a week five matchup, Chiefs to Jaguars. Uh, He's going to have four games this season, five games under his belt, though. Uh, Let's see how quickly this rookie quarterback can progress. Is he technically a rookie this year? I think he is. Because Because he he only played the one game last year. So he has a chance to win the Rookie of the Year award. Uh, a couple of good rookies in this division, though. I like, uh, love the first-round pick, Derwin James, for yeah. the Chargers. Love Bradley Chubb. I cannot rave about that yeah. guy any anymore. And uh, Cortland Sutton. So. That's who Chubb has to learn from. I mentioned it already, but, I mean, you're learning from Von Miller. It's unbelievable. Definitely. So that is the AFC West for you. It's uh, going to be a tight division. We only have one team coming out uh, going into uh, the division winner. No wild cards. So we will see if we're right. Uh, give us a call. Give us your thoughts over there. 646-716-5403. Waiting on Heisman Trophy winner Ron Dane to join us. So, Mike, uh, any last uh, remarks on football here? Because uh, let's get back into the, uh, the rookies here. Royce Freeman. Yeah. Um, we're, we're pretty high on him. Um, we are. And anybody who thinks that Devontae Booker is going to be the lead back there, you're out of your mind. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I have my drafts tomorrow, so I'm sure I'll be talking about this more on Monday. About he could start, I'm not saying that. He could start week one, week two. You might see more carries there. But there is no way that Devontae Booker is a better runner or pass catcher than Royce Freeman. Freeman is the guy who's going to be making the plays. I agree. With so you. I'm pretty big on him, and I might even reach for him tomorrow. And like I said, They've had a lot of no-name running backs be pretty good in Denver. You've seen people with names like Selvin Young and Ruben Drones come yeah. out here and have pretty good seasons, including Ron Dane actually rushed for them a little bit as yeah, well. Did. So, um, all right, that's the AAC West. Uh, football is coming soon, man. I cannot wait. Yes. I cannot wait enough. I guess we'll get into uh, the little college going on here. Or, I, I mean, first, uh, Josh Gordon, we didn't talk about it. Oh, sure, yeah. Any, any NFL, let's hit on it, Mike. Yeah. Anything you got. Uh, Josh Gordon, you saw it on a hard knocks in an airport disguised with uh, the glasses, the hood up. I mean, all he was missing was that fake mustache thing that you put on your face. <laughs> Bobby Valentine. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't practiced yet. He just got cleared for walkthroughs, Vinny. But uh, something interesting, Randy Moss said this is a uh, top 10 talent that he has seen the last 20 years at wide receiver. He's also, uh, I'm sorry, not Randy Moss, Chris Carter. Chris Carter said he's a top 10 talent that he has seen at wide receiver the last 20 years. So to me, for a, a Hall of Famer to say that is one thing. Uh, it's just, is he going to stay on the field? Is he going to you know, clear his head of everything? These are the best two quarterbacks, either one that he's ever had, that he's ever got to play with. So to me, this is somebody in fantasy with where he's going if you can get him, you're talking about at least a wide receiver, too, I would think. He is definitely where he's getting drafted in fantasy football. He is not going to perform at that level. He's either going to surpass it or he's going to be way down in the bottom. Right. He's a top 10 talent, but he's a top two red flag, if you ask me. And I cannot draft Josh Gordon because I do not trust the guy. And what has he done to prove him that I could trust him? It's been a while since we saw those 200-yard games that he had yeah. when he led the league in receiving. Yeah, he had a couple of uh, signs last year. He had a couple of um, showings where he showed that he could still play, but I don't know. He definitely has better quarterbacks now. I just cannot take the guy. I cannot trust that man, Josh Gordon. Yeah, and listen, I've been a, a big – I've bought the guy's jersey. I draft him every year. I keep him every year. Um, it's funny you just own a Browns jersey. It is, yeah. I mean <laughs> – The only Browns jersey I've ever saw going around was Johnny Football. 
Yeah, which I'm look how that. I guess out. I'd rather have a uh, Josh Gordon jersey. Then. I just think uh, you have Todd Haley's now there. Um, you know, I don't like uh, as an offensive coordinator, but I just think that presence coming from a winning team, Vinny. Um, I don't like you, Jackson, either. But I, for some reason, I'm willing to give this kid the benefit of the doubt that he puts it all together this season. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. All right, anything else on NFL? Um, Adrian Peterson ran for the Redskins. Listen, Adrian Peterson, um, that team is not loaded with running backs. They're really not. Adrian, and Google, did you take him last night or somebody no, else did? He's uh, worth being drafted, huh? He, so somebody took him, Vinny, and it was, I think it was around 10. If you're getting a starting running back in round 10, and, and listen, you don't bring AP in to play behind uh, Fat Rob Kelly or, um, you know, who else? This Marge AP Ryan. So I think it's going to be AP, and, and round 10, who are we talking about now? So to me, Vinny, Adrian Peterson, I'm glad you brought him up. He is somebody that, uh, not uh, running back two, but running back three, you're looking about, you know, 10th round, I have no issue with that whatsoever. And he averaged uh, 5.1 uh, yards of carry last night against our uh, lovely Broncos defense that yeah. we were just raving about, but it's preseason, 11 carries for 56 yards, AD. Might be worth a draft spot because I agree. Uh, there's nobody there. And somebody asked you last night about uh, Geis, where yeah. he would have been drafted. Uh, obviously, Adrian Peterson would be drafted where Geis was going. But, um, I mean, like you said, he's the starting running back, and there doesn't look like too much competition over there. Geis so. went round eight. Yeah. So, even hurt, he went eight. It's a keeper league, so they are okay. planning on keeping so him that's, next that's year. That's a steal, if you ask me, because he's definitely the guy next round year. Eight. Uh, Geis, he was a good back out of LSU. So round eight for a keeper, obviously, he's not going to do anything for you this year, but you just got a guy who was going third round, and you got him five rounds later. So I actually yeah. applaud that if your team's okay around it and doesn't have too many holes. I'm um, just looking at the draft here right now, Vinny. Somebody, uh, Jared Goff goes over Cam, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins. you have an issue with that? It was Goff. Went over Brees, Cousins, Wilson, and Cam. He went over Russell Wilson? And Cam. Well, it's retarded. And Wentz. <laughs> yeah, that's just stupid to go over uh, Russell Wilson, for sure. I agree with you. And, and I wouldn't, take him, I wouldn't take him over Breeze or Cam. And then after that, I'm not going to really fight the guy Do over you think it. that offense averages 30 points a game? Um, average is tough. They did it last year, though. Right. And they only got better offensively. So, I mean, sure, why not? I don't know. I'm saying that I'll take the under on that easily. Yeah, 30 is tough. But, I mean, they only got better from last year is my point. They did, but uh, at the same time, to repeat that, you see teams having to repeat. And now teams are going to start to scheme for Goff either. Goff bursted onto the scene last year, um, you know, with uh, an incredible season. So, you know, to have to be able to repeat that is just, uh, you know, it's not ever in your favor. It's definitely hard, but the the step that Jared Goff took from that rookie season, uh, he's definitely a very good uh, quarterback. I'm, I'm guessing he went over Matt Stafford then, too. He did. Correct. Because I'm pretty big on Matt Stafford, to be honest with you. Uh, this guy's uh, – you can pencil him in 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. He's good for it. And I know, I know why people run away from him. I think he has so much value at the quarterback position. Matt Stafford went round 10. Round 10. Last this is a 12-man league? 12-man league. 12-man league. He big Mike had 10. his draft last night. And he's always here to help you guys with your football drafts. And, uh, of course, baseball. We got baseball, fantasy baseball. Well, playoffs actually, coming Vinny, up soon. Uh, sorry to cut you off there. Goon went Big Ben over Stafford, one pick ahead of Matt Stafford. Damn it, Goon. This guy sat here for our <laughs> fantasy show that you could hear um, on our Twitter. We have the links up there. It was on Facebook. It went great. Um, this, guy, this guy sat here the whole show, and then he's taking guys like Big Ben. He just told me. Big Ben had the uh, – I think he's got too much question marks. His performance is on the road. Uh, he contemplated just had a retirement. He's constantly hurt. He hasn't played 16 games in God knows how long. 
I'm, I don't know why there's not a lot of love for Matt Stafford, but uh, this guy, he chooses not to listen. <laughs> Joe Mixon. We're going to win that bitch. I, I don't like Joe Mixon, even though I like him better than I did last year. With, I like uh, Joe Mixon this year. I'm very high on him, but Joe Mixon over the likes of Mike Evans and uh, who else was there? But who else was available in running backs? Uh, no. You kept one, man. Well, yeah, I kept one. But... Your guys' league was a little confusing because there was so, fresh so, round keepers. So, so Goon goes, goes Joe Mixon over A.J. Green, Mike Evans, Doug Baldwin, um, Kenyon Drake, which I didn't like that pick either there, but Tyreek Hill. I'm not big on Drake, but um, Goon is big on Joe Passing Mixon on Mike Evans, Evans, that's a mistake because Mike Evans, this guy has that first-round wide receiver potential. And if not, at worst, he's a second-round receiver. Sure. The it doesn't matter. He just said Ryan Fitzpatrick. Go, yeah, go just, Fitzpa- go, well, do you listen when you sit here, man? Watching hockey fight. <laughs> but uh, any fantasy football questions, we would love to get to them. I have my draft tomorrow, so let me just ask you about some strategies here. I'm in a yeah. 14-man league, and I have the seventh pick. I'm hoping Odell Beckham's there. Is he going to be there for me? Uh, probably not, especially because we live in New York. I think the Giants just seem to go very early, Vinny. Uh, in a 14-man league, you have to, if you can get a star like that, otherwise a running back, man, because running backs, they do. They go quick this year. There's not many that are three-down backs. So uh, Odell is fine to target at seven. Otherwise, you would hope some sort of running back is like a Melvin Gordon to me, even though you now, hate him. I do. I'm not drafting Melvin Gordon with the seventh pick. <laughs> but um, 14-man league, let's say it's going to go the four running backs. We know yeah. the four. We don't have to harp on that. Yep. Antonio Brown. Yes. That's your first five for yep. sure. Now at six. If this guy doesn't go Odell Beckham, he's probably going to go Hopkins, you imagine, right? I think so. Julio so, should be there. Then. So let's say he goes Odell Beckham. Who am I taking at seven then? Do I go Hopkins? Yes. Over uh, over Julio? Yes. I know you're pretty low on Julio, but you're the only guy out there, even though I worship your opinion more than other people's. So I'm okay. really hoping whoever's picking six does me a favor and just makes that decision for me and leaves me Odell Beckham, who I really do think is going to have an amazing year with the Giants. Listen, I want uh, Hopkins over Julio all day, every day, and you can go look up why. And Hopkins doesn't have the foot injury. And just seeing what Hopkins has done with, uh, you know, a real quarterback now with Watkins, to me, it's a runaway decision. All right. And on the phone right now, we are joined by Heisman Trophy winner, Ron Dane, former New York Giant. Ron, thank you for joining us on Over the Top Sports. All right. Thanks for having me. All right, Ron. So let's start. Let's start off. Uh, what have you been up to these days? Now uh, you've been out of the league for a long time. What is the great Ron Dane doing? Oh man, I'm just supporting my kids, uh, raising them. I got two in college now, um, one at Michigan and one at Boston College. And then I, I do stuff with the university still. You know, I'm around there. I help once we they recruit guys. I help bring them in and get them there and make them feel comfortable and stuff like that. So kind of still in the football stuff. All right, that's great. Uh, so let's talk about your career in college. You had one of the, the best seasons, uh, best careers, I would say, in college, College Football Hall of Famer. So what uh, do you think your success was over there with Wisconsin? You had four years, all over 1,000 yards, and you won the Heisman Trophy. So tell us about that. Well, that was a great time, you know, uh, when I was in school. I got the ball almost every time. I averaged like 35 carries. So, um they knew I was getting the ball, so that was fun because I got to run and still was successful. You know, we had a great team and great guys around it. And winning the Heisman was great, too. Um, I beat out four quarterbacks. You know, that's kind of rare, but um, <clears throat> it was fun. And I had a great team, great coaches, you know, great staff. I had a little bit of everything that helped me be able to win that Heisman. 
when you're drafted 11th overall to the New York Giants, you're from New Jersey. How excited were you to be going from, uh, you know, from New Jersey to the New York Giants? Uh, well, I grew up, I grew up from Virginia and, um, I grew up a Redskins fan, so I'm still like a Redskins fan. So that was kind of weird, but it was, I was happy. Giants, Giants and Philly went in the team. I was a Redskins fan. I them twice. And then you get you get drafted by the New York Giants, and then there's Tiki Barber there. You guys form Thunder and Lightning. Um, when you're drafted 11th overall, and you know that the Giants have Tiki Barber, what was your impression? Uh, you know, he's an established running back. Do you think now it's going to be? You know, it's going to be a timeshare, or or are you thinking, uh, hey, this can form as a nice solid one-two punch? Uh, I didn't know what to think. You know, I was so used to just me being the only running back. So once I got there, it was totally different for me. For me, because of the fact that I had to split time, no matter what, like Tiki's turn or it's your turn. Tiki's turn. Whether before it was just me, and when I got tired, I came out. Ronnie's still there? Yeah, I'm here, I'm here. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I thought we lost you. What was your relationship like with Tiki? Was uh, you know, did he help you when you when you started over there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Tiki, like a big brother. We'll talk. So, you know, we still talk to this day. I mess with him on you know, TV. I text him, do little things like that, and mess with him. So the Giants, they went to the Super Bowl in 2001 at the 2000 season, 12-4. and four. Uh, They did not show up offensively in that Super Bowl, only recording 152 yards of total offense. They were sacked four times. And they had five turnovers, no offensive touchdowns, and it came on a special team return for the seven points. What could uh, you guys have done differently in that game? I think they could have let me run the ball. I didn't get to run the ball once the whole game. That was going to be my next question. How did you, how'd you yeah, feel you didn't I, get I, one carry in that game? I, I, the worst. You know, I never had, was able to be ready for a game, practice all week for a game. Don't even get one play in the game except for like a pass play where it was like a – he was on like a one or two, and I was I had to go to the end and cut the deep lineman. But I, when I went to go cut him, Bowler, he jumped right over me and I almost got carried for the safety. So I didn't get back in no more after that. And now you had a shaky relationship with uh, Jim Fossil. Do you think he it was more of the game being a blowout why you didn't touch the ball, or do you think Jim Fossil was kind of he had a little vendetta against you? Yeah, he didn't like me. I think he didn't like me. Period. I think he didn't even want me to be drafted by them. So um, I think it was the organization and, you know, the, the great ownership they had there. Those guys, the people that wanted me, he didn't really want me. So now Tom Coughlin takes over. Uh, it was reported that you had lost a, a ton of weight. You came in in great shape. And the relationship with Tom Coughlin, how was the relationship there? And, He's another guy that uh, it seemed like he just didn't give you, you know, maybe a fair shot as, a, you know, that starting running back spot. Yeah, well, it wasn't. I just think he was more into, like, going with people that already established. And I wasn't really established when he came in. I barely got to play, you know, just from – because I wasn't high as people in the league, but not from really playing on the football field. I mean, in, in, in the so why didn't why do you think your brilliant Hall of Fame college career didn't translate to the NFL? Probably because I I got I had seven thousand yards or something. That's way more than I had in 
eight years in the NFL, so I ran the ball a lot more than I did in the pros in college. Than I did. You said you're overworked. Um, no, I just didn't get the opportunity to really play. Like each time I got to play, like we would play. Uh, I went to Denver. I would play. We had a great game against. Or even when I was with the Giants, I had a good game. I played somebody. I had hundred something yards. Next game, I wouldn't even play. And it wouldn't be because of me. It was just because they wouldn't even let me play, you know. And that happened to me, I think, three teams, even with Denver and uh, the Texans. I would have a good game, and the next week, I wouldn't even play. The coaches would, wouldn't even give me a reason, but uh, the fans would jump on me like, we're on my fantasy football team, man. I can't believe you. <laughs> but, hey, talk to the coach, you know, talk to the coach. <laughs> And um, we got to ask you, um, do you – everything going on with the concussions and we all know now for the NFL players, do you experience any CTE-like symptoms from the, your time playing in the league? No, no, I ain't really get hit enough to that. I can see if it was from college or something, but the pros, I 't really hit that much. So really didn't have no, no serious injuries. So, so – yeah, today's game. Now, listen, uh, the running backs. It's it's very rare to see a you know a three down back run. Uh, what running back to you is somebody that jumps out that you'll you know you'll follow the whole season or uh, you know like wow you know that, that's a special player. Uh, probably uh, I like Saquon. He's he's a beast. He's a big ten guy, and um, I like uh, Chubbs too. He's a bigger back, a little thicker. You know, they both got opportunities to get out there and show what they got. You know. Because there ain't nobody really behind those two guys that at their position on that team. So um, I think they got a great opportunity to to have fun and get used to playing. You know, um, playing one week and then don't play again the fourth week and then play the sixth week and then play the seventh week and then we'll play again to the tenth week. That don't help you as a running back. So um, I think they got a the better opportunity where they got to mess up to get their spots up in, you know, so. I didn't have to mess up to get mine, you know. They had to split time and share time. So, um, it was just the coaches the coaches winning. And college football kicks off tonight. Um, you didn't play at the time of the college football playoff. What is your thought on the whole new system with the college football playoff, the four teams? Do you think it will expand? Do you like it? What's your what's your whole take on the whole college football playoff? I, um, I think it's all right, but. I think it should be more teams just because give everybody a chance, not just four teams. Like, if you rank number one in the country at the beginning of the season and you lose one or twice, you could still be playing for, the, you know, the playoffs. So if you number 15 and lose twice, you ain't got a chance to be in the top 10. So, you know, I think everybody above 10 don't really have a chance to be in the, in the four, regardless of the fact. that you know, to see that you ain't in the top 10, ranked, you won't have a chance in the college playoffs. Top 10. Wisconsin Badgers, your your alumni over there, they start the year ranked fourth overall. Do you think this team is going to win it all? Uh, Is the Big Ten too tough, or is Alabama too much? I think that we could, we got a good team. I think we can play and make it, but the only thing is that we rarely play any any ranked teams this year. Like, the highest ranked team that we play is probably Michigan, and they're behind us, so you know, we're going to keep falling back, you know, because we're not beating nobody that's ranked. So I think that's a bad thing right. for us. We ain't got nobody that's ranked. But we can go undefeated and still won't make it because of the fact that that is, you know, we're going to keep getting pushed back. Like, 
we ain't gonna play nobody that's ranked lower than us this year. So how can we stay at four? And Big Ten football is always great to watch. Uh, Ron Dane, Heisman Trophy winner, we appreciate your time and coming on, and we wish you the best. Hopefully we can catch up with you sometime during the college season. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Ron Dane, everybody, thank you for coming on. Um, Great player. He's an amazing college player, college football Hall of Famer, and uh, he got drafted by the New York Giants. Uh, Things didn't pan out very well, but it was nice to hear him talk about the relationship with Jim Fossil. Yeah, Jim Fossil. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, there was a lot of question marks. Um, You know, we don't know what went on behind the scenes there. If uh, he – He's calling it that he didn't get the opportunity. Maybe Fossil didn't see anything right. We know he had some weight issues, but Ron Dane, he had a, you'll always remember him for his great collegiate year. Um, I don't know if he still has this, but including bowl games, he has the most yards. No, it just it just, it, it just passed. Away, yeah. okay. Because so, of bowl games. So because just, of bowl games. Yes. All right. So then he's second then, right? Yes. So he's second with the most yardage yes. in uh, college football history. And so. the most in a season not including bowl games. There you go. So there, those are the stats right there. Big Mike always always <laughs> does his homework over there. But uh, either way, brilliant, brilliant college career. He won the Heisman Trophy winner. It was great to have our first Heisman winner on yes. the show. So uh, we'll keep the topic over here in college football. It kicks off today. Uh, a lot of people don't know that because the games aren't all that flashy. But um, next Thursday, well, this Thursday and next Saturday is when we really, really get into it. That's the official, official kickoff of college football. But as for tonight, we have a couple games going. Um, I have a free play for anybody who's interested in this play Um, because I feel like there's nothing, there's no sport more fun to bet than college football. So my free play for all our loyal listeners out there, um, a lot of people are on Wyoming minus four. I'm going to go with um, this being a boring game because all Wyoming games are, they just kill the clock. We're going to go with the first half under 21 and a half points. I don't think we'll see more than three touchdowns in that first half. It's going to be a little slow paced game. So anybody listening, put some coin down on that first half under Wyoming, New Mexico, under 21 and a half. But now Can we, we can't talk that up on Twitter, please. We cannot talk college football without talking about Urban Meyer yeah. and what went down at Ohio State. So um, pretty much what happened here was Zach Smith beat the hell out of his wife. She was pregnant and Urban Meyer didn't say anything. That's really the gist of it all boiled down uh, nice and easy for you. So. Three-game suspension handed to Urban Meyer. Um, people are complaining. There's a lot of people saying that's a slap on the wrist suspension. Big Mike, what's your whole take on the Urban Meyer situation? I think it's horrible, Vinny, to be honest with you. I think it is a slap on the wrist. Look at the games he's missing. One ranked game. They don't need him to face Rutgers. Are you kidding me? Rutgers? I'll coach them to face Rutgers. <laughs> so, uh, to me, it's an absolute slap on the wrist. And, you, you know, this is um, – it's kind of on the scale, Vinny, with the, with the Joe Paterno thing, if you ask me. They – Another head coach that knew, another head coach that didn't say anything, another head coach that didn't uh, show any sort of remorse or feel bad in the press conference. My God, Urban Meyer's press conferences were horrible. He showed no uh, no compassion for the victim here either. He, no heart. Uh, he takes medicine because he forgets things. Are you, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? He takes medicine because he forgets things? That's what we're going to talk about right now? So, to me, this is an absolute slap on the wrist. If it was not Urban Meyer, Vinny, if it was any other team, uh, you know, uh, college, they would have fired the head coach. It's because it's Urban Meyer. He gets a little slap on the wrist. Then he gets the pat on the butt and go back out there, son. The suspension is being labeled as mishandled domestic assault um, accusations. It's horrible. That's what it was. So, Meyer never condoned or covered up the domestic abuse but he failed to take sufficient management action relating to the misconduct and didn't perform as an appropriate role model is the statement from Ohio state. 
Should these coaches if be you don't held think, responsible? If you don't think he didn't know about it, you know, from the other coach, I have a bridge to sell you. And why – but, uh, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Why is that his problem, like, that he does that on his own time? So this guy, Zach Smith, can be great at what he does for Ohio State. So if he's so great he's at it, model what does he care? He's uh, a role model field. to kids, though. He's got to be te- – this is not the NFL. And even if it was, you have an issue. He has to be a role model to kids. And this is how you handle yourself in life. This is how you handle yourself as a professional. Um, I mean, it's, it's absurd to me. It's absolutely absurd. And the uh, university, they definitely uh, said we care more about football than um, <laughs> domestic assault. So – Honestly, um, hopefully he doesn't forget to take his medicine anymore, Urban Meyer, but um, the suspension. He forgets this, but he can remember the play calls. Oh, of course it's he unbelievable. can. But he also forgot to hand the ball to Ezekiel Elliott in one of those ball games back in the day. Um, the three games, versus Oregon State, they're a 37 favorite over there at home. Yeah, um, versus Rutgers. Uh, uh, then they go to TCU, who's ranked 16th, and that's a road game. That might be the game where I'm sure everybody is out there, all uh, critics of Urban Meyer are out there, rooting for TCU to take that game. They know in his suspension. They probably will, but um, listen, um, that's a game a lot of people have circled because that's a winnable game for TCU, especially since it's being played in Texas. So that's the deal. Uh, the question I wanted to ask you before, uh, I guess you're in favor of saying these coaches should be held reliable for this. Absolutely. You should All the time. Reliable. So they have to be a snitch on anybody. Uh, it's not even a snitch. It's just the right thing. I mean, you're running a program like – Urban Meyer is basically running that football program over there. Call it what it is. Right. Not the athletic director, but he's running the program. Just like he's the name. So, exactly. So, to me, you have to do the right thing. You have to lead by example for the kids that you're coaching, that you're trying to get ready for life in general besides the NFL. You absolutely have to do the right thing there. And I don't think that's snitching, you know. Uh, snitching is something completely different when you, you know, something less minor, not beating up your pregnant What if wife. Zach Smith was his best friend since day one? And uh, he's like a brother to him. What, is he going to throw him on the bus? What if me and you, uh, we were running it, and all of a sudden you heard I was uh, fooling around doing something bad? I, Vinny, I, if you beat your wife, I'm going to beat you. You're, you're, are you going to beat me? But are you going to rat me out and make me lose my job and send me away? It will be handled. I mean, <laughs> all right. Well, I kind of respect that because it is definitely a dirty thing to do over here in this incident. I don't. But he could have got day. ahead of this, Vinny. He could have jumped ahead of this and said, "I learned about this." He could have suspended him, uh, Smith, so that he didn't face the suspension. He could have been so proactive about it. We suspended Smith. He's in counseling. He's going to therapy. Um, you know, he's t- he's talking to the young the uh, the college kids about doing the right thing. He could have jumped in front of all of this and uh, handled it the way he did. The problem is, is he didn't handle it at all, and now he has to face the consequences. And because of his position, this happens. Because if a postal worker, I'll use Val Venus' uh, guys again, if a postal worker does this to his wife, he goes back the next day, he's handing letters to every single house because he's a postal worker. He's not the face well, of Ohio Val's State. there with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not the face of Ohio State here. So, I mean, uh, naturally um, – I'm a little impartial to it, but uh, I definitely get it, and it's definitely not right. Uh, you know, if he jumped in front of it and handed down his own consequences, it might not – I mean, it would still be in the media. Another thing but, here is he knew about it because he deleted the conversations with yeah, them. They he deleted the text, on the phone right. He year. deleted the yeah. – exactly. He deleted all – anything. Uh, so he did know about it, and that uh, does not help his uh, case. And clearly, Ohio State doesn't care because he brings winning games and people in the seats. The other thing so. that I keep seeing, Vinny, which I'll get your opinion on, is – Everyone's posting three games for this, and uh, what was A.J. Green was suspended at college, right, for selling his jersey, and there was a few others for selling their memorabilia or selling <laughs> autographs or whatever, and they all got more games than this. So that, that to me, is another sign. Like, we're talking three games, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, but they did it. He didn't 
do it. He was just they un- sold their own shit. But they were the person who committed the violation, rather than this guy who just didn't rat on someone. Oh, uh, now it's ratting. It's oh, in his job God. description to be that role model. So naturally, he's got to be held accountable. That's why he is being held accountable. Um, he should be getting the whole year no pay or the remaining uh, what do they play? Twelve games. So the remaining nine games, he should just donate to I don't know whatever domestic abuse charities right. there are out there. Because he was not harmful at sure. all. He wasn't. It, was, it was a pre-meditated uh, speech on, that his uh, agent probably uh, made out for Which him. He just read it the out problem, there. You, he did not speak from the heart because he doesn't care. Uh, he just wants he just wants to win football games, and he's pretty damn good at that. And he's going to be doing that from week four on in college football. So uh, that's our take on Urban Meyer. If you want to get involved, give us a call here. We'd love to hear your opinion and talk about it because uh, it looks like uh, there's a lot of strong opinions about it. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, anything else you want to add? Oh, so he put out another statement. My words and demeanor on Wednesday did not show how seriously I take relationships. Because <laughs> of all violence. the backlash. Yeah. I sincerely <laughs> apologize. I was taught at a very young age that if I ever hit a woman, I would be kicked out of the house and never welcomed back. I have the same rule in my house and in the football program at Ohio State. Clearly not. Uh, over the years, we have worked hard to educate and remind our coaches and players the seriousness of relationship violence. I understand my lack of more action in this situation Situation has raised concerns about this commitment. I once again apologize for this. I extend my empathy to all women, men, and families who are affected by relationship violence. This has been a real learning experience for me. <laughs> I fully intend to use my voice more effectively to be part of the solution. I guarantee you never hear him talk about it again. <laughs> Let me say here and now what I should have said Wednesday. I sincerely apologize to Courtney Smith and her children for what they have gone through. As long as you sincerely apologize on your second crack at it, <laughs> I guess it's okay, Urban. But uh, oh, like you God. said, this thing's never going to be mentioned. But listen, I, I guarantee you there's going to be a media member, especially a woman media member, when he's up there week four and he's back and he's talking about his winning performances and whoever they're facing, and they're just going to drop it on him. And I'm very curious how he's going to handle that because he's going to be pissed. That he's talking Don't about that it. after he a game of football. So we'll see. Yeah, he forgets things apparently, so it's okay. But let's wrap up Urban Meyer here. That went a lot longer than I expected, but, but I, happened to, uh, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it was fun talking with you about it. Um, NBA, real quickly. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about some rule changes, and they're actually pretty interesting. Uh, this one, I couldn't be more in favor of this one. Uh, they want to do a 14-second shot clock yes. after an offensive rebound. I love it. Love it too, man. I absolutely love it too. It quickens the pace. Um, I especially in the late of a, you know the, towards the end of a game, Vinny, where you can't just hold the ball now and, and wait. I absolutely love that rule change. Yep, that should lead to more uh, late game dramatics. Yep. And uh, I mean, if, after a kickball, it goes to 14, no matter what. So after an offensive rebound, why do the 24 when you uh, need the seven seconds to carry over the line? You just drop that. Here we are, 14. Love it. I hope they enforce that. And this one, this one gets a little confusing here. Yeah. This is the clear pass foul, which has always been a question of, uh, you know. Nonsense. Right. Uh, I think they're trying to uh, simplify – for me to simplify this, they're trying not to call it if it's before the backfield, the the half-court line over there, the backcourt. So um, here's what uh, they're ruling on it. Under the changes of the clear path rule, a clear path to the basket would be in play these three instances. A personal foul is committed on any offensive player during his team's transition scoring opportunity – when the foul occurs, the ball is ahead of the tip of the circle in the backcourt. No defensive player is ahead of the offensive player with the scoring opportunity. And that offensive player is going to control the ball or a pass to him has been released. 
Uh, that's, that's a little confusing. The defensive foul deprives the offensive team of a transition scoring opportunity. Pretty much uh, the instance of a clear path foul, they're trying to give – oh, they're still going to do the two free throw attempts in a possession just to pre- prevent it from people doing it. They want to eliminate the reviews because that's an always reviewed call. Mm. So um, they're trying to make it easier on the refs to call and um, just give the players some more uh, – instead of Russell Westbrook getting the ball and just beating the whole entire team down right. the court and they foul them um, – they're going to make it a little more punishable, so they do not. I'm fine with this, too. I am. Make it a little more punishable, so they, they don't do it, because they don't want to give up the two free throws and then get possession back. They're just going to let them go and score. So, um, pretty much, for NBA betters out there, the overs are going to be going higher yeah. than they were last year, because these two rules are definitely inflicting more scoring. You would think so. And listen, Cole, what it is, Adam Silver's done a hell of a job, man. He really <laughs> has. And he really, you know, really has. know what was going to happen to him taking over. He looks like a goofy guy, but uh, he has done – incredible with everything that they've dealt with the NBA. He looks like the villain from uh, who framed Roger Rabbit, honestly, um, Christopher Lloyd's character, but uh, he really has, he's, uh, he's great with the players. He's obviously brought in an extreme amount of revenue. The players are getting yeah. paid. The owners are getting paid. Everybody's winning. Uh, he's the players love him. He's, he's getting involved in the gambling. The love the Every player loves him, especially, um, you know, yeah, you really don't see this. You definitely don't see it in the NFL. That's for sure. <laughs> but, um, this guy has been absolutely spectacular. I've never seen a better commissioner, honestly. Yeah. He's only been doing it for like three, four years now. And he's, he's just been great. So yeah. hats off that on silver. Uh, these two rules, uh, I don't know if they're going to get enforced this year, but I'm, I'm all for them. I'm all for them. And um, usually when you hear a rule change, I'm very traditional. I don't like anything being changed, but yep. this doesn't affect any records or anything. So I'm all for it. Let's, uh, let's get those rules done. Me too, man. All right. So it's now 1131 on Over the Top Sports Radio, which means uh, we didn't talk baseball yet. And we love our baseball on this show. Uh, fantasy baseball playoffs coming up here. So Big Mike is here to help you win those uh, Leagues. He's got the streamers. Um, he got into a fight with someone last night. I saw about CC Sebastian Alex Cobb. You wanna? No, no, no. You wanna touch on that? <laughs> Don't call me out for my, you know, the streamers of the week because we know what's gonna happen. And Alex Cobb went out there and threw a quality start. If I'm telling you guys under 40% owned and they're gonna throw a quality start, I mean, what are we talking about here? And I have somebody on uh, Twitter telling me CC Sebastian pitched better. What? Did he get two more strikeouts? He did pitch better. Get two more strikeouts. Yeah, but he pitched better. How do you pitch better? Two more strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, Who had the lower whip? Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb. Either way, it was a quality start, like you said. Exactly. Um, and listen, it's not easy to call these streamers right. You're, you're 40%. There's a reason these people are on the waiver wires in September and late August here, and you're calling them up to be a spot start for these people, and it's not an easy thing to do, and you really do have a pretty high success rate doing it. So naturally, if you're uh, doing something right, you're going to have some haters, and this girl, uh, I guess she wasn't, you know, she was nitpicking She's over the lover. She was nitpicking with you, and uh, CC was better than Cobb. But either way, neither of them got the loss. Um, so it's good or start for either of them. Yep. Ended up going no win, you. no loss. Quality starts for both. Uh, but listen, streamers of the week, you got to come to this guy. Check him out on his own Twitter. It's uh, at Big Mike OTTS. Yep. And check us out on at Over the Top Sport, no less, because uh, we post them over there too. So definitely get involved with fantasy. And this week they've gone pretty well. So we got, yep. He has them up every single Monday. He has the whole week. And if he wants to throw one in there, he goes in there. And he's always, always, always on top of your questions. He answers you immediately. So three other names you need to pick up Kendrys Morales. I picked him up in your league. He's 44% owned. Batted 385 the last two weeks, 500 last week. He is absolutely on fire. If you're somebody that lost, like Jose Abreu, pick him up. Greg Allen on the Indians, man. He had six fields in the last two weeks. He batted 391 last week. I picked him up in your league as well. And Lordy's Guriel, 33% owned. He's back now for Toronto. He's off the DL. This is somebody that had an 11-game multi-hit streak going before he got hurt. 
plays second base, shortstop, or outfield. Uh, if you lost Didi, this is somebody to look up to. 33% owned, Lourdes Gurriel. All right. A um, lot of injuries for the New York Yankees. Yeah. Um, who's coming back first? I'm, I'm thinking it's Gary Sanchez. Yeah, very well. uh, then we got Didi, Chapman, and Judge. And uh, a lot of people were expecting Judge to come back uh, sometime this week even, and he still hasn't even swung that bat. Uh, it's looking more like it's going to be middle of September. There hasn't been too much urgency with the Yankees in any capacity of winning or injuries over here. They're very cautious. They know where they're going to stand. But um, what are your takes on these injuries, and uh, how serious are they? Are they going to come back soon, late? What's the deal? They've had some. Go ahead. Sanchez is actually going to rehab play a minor league game with DH today. Okay. Right, so he's the closest of them. Um, they've been piling up, Vinny. They really have, and uh, it's unfortunate. But um, I think the, the DD one really hurts, man. Uh, his presence in the lineup, his presence in the infield, that's a killer. We all knew Chapman was hurt. It was just a matter of what was hurt and, uh, you know, when he was going to face this. He has plenty of time now to come back before the playoffs. And if anything is your strong point, it's your bullpen. So, to me, they can handle the Chapman one the best. Uh, I think the Judge one is a, has been the killer also. You see Agreed. the presence that he has in that lineup and how he's emerged. This is somebody, Vinny, that they talked about. And I, you know, said it too. He's going to strike out 200 times. He'll hit 30 home runs and he's going to have a, a 230 average. He is not that guy. He is a superstar. He is a giant presence in the lineup, in the outfield. That injury or the DD injury are the two killers for me. And uh, this Yankee lineup, I need to see Luke Voigt and Shane Robinson out of it. We need to get these well, terrible Voigt, home Voigt did homer twice last yeah. night, driving around in Luke Voigt's car. <laughs> but um, I don't want to see this guy's name in the lineups anymore. As for your oldest Chapman injury, Zach Britton, now the closer, because I don't want to see Delhi move up, even though he's been pretty no, damn good. I see, and I want Patances, because you don't have that lefty now where – uh, you know, Britain could be used in any other situation. Uh, now you're pushing him back. So you really don't have a lefty that I trust there, that sinker ball lefty. To me, it would go Batances. Britain and Robertson have the closing experience. And Delhi has a, hasn't been good. Yeah, right. That's why I think it's got to be Britain because do not touch Delhi. He is a mental case. Yeah. And he has He's never been good in the closing role there. ever. He's doing great where he is. You've got to leave him as B. If they put him as the closer, I'd be very, very devastated because I'm not going to be feeling good about this guy going down on the slump that he's been proven to do. I want to see Zach Britton, who is almost a Cy Young winner, with Baltimore as a closer, take over that role. Speaking of Cy Young, uh, listen, the whole Chris Sale injury, that might prevent him from winning a goon. Can you look up Blake Trinan's numbers on Oakland? Because I'm not for a relief pitcher winning a Cy Young, Vinny, but Blake Trinan, DRA, I believe, is underwater. How about Edwin Diaz? Blake Trinan, DRA, is under one. It is one on the dot. One on the dot. How many saves? 32. 32. And he's having – it's a ridiculous season what not, he's having. Not that saves are all that great, but Edwin Diaz has 49. Yeah, he does, but that is a lot. Uh, Seattle, and I'm glad you brought them up, they have a minus 40 run differential, which is Ooh, horrific. That is bad. Horrific. So we're Especially talking about a team, team fighting for the playoffs. Uh, the Mets run differential, minus 38, just to give you an idea. So Seattle, to me, uh, they're fool's gold right now. I'm ready to say the Yankees will make the playoffs. And I'm ready to say that Seattle will be that team that does not make the playoffs. But I'm sure you're not confident enough to say the Yankees will be playing a home game in the playoffs. I am not confident. They are four games ahead of the A's, and the A's are four games ahead of the M's. There is something pretty cool happening in Oakland right now. They are really must-see TV. Um, Their bullpen is great. Uh, They're they're throwing out guys like Trevor Cahill, who has just rejuvenated (laughs) himself somehow. Everything is just clicking for them. Everyone's bought in to that team. They're They're all in. Chris Davis is the best hitter in the second half. And so Chris far. Davis has 40 home runs. He has 39 home runs and 100 RBIs already. Yep. So he's going to get his 40 that he does every single year. Yep. He's going to get his 100 that he does every single year. 
and he does it in that big park of Oakland. Uh, one of the more underrated players in baseball for sure. And uh, unfortunately, with what the Red Sox are doing, he's not going to be in the AL MVP contention. No, and, and he really should be. And that's kind of unfortunate that he won't be, Vinny. And you brought up Cy Young's over there, uh, NL Cy Young's, uh, Jacob deGrom. Are you once, re- yeah, listen, once again. Turned. Are you ready to turn? I'm kind of ready to turn. I saw Vegas odds that he's pretty big favorite to win it, and that kind of turned me. But um, he once again lost and pitched well. Yeah. And he um, did you see it? I um, he gave up this ball that he thought was a strike, and he was pissed. Yep. Next batter, Bumgarner, double. gets the RBI double off him, and uh, that ended up being the game for Degrom. He ended up losing, and now he falls to eight and eight. But the ERA is still there, and he is still the favorite, especially after Scherzer dropped the loss to Aaron Nolan, which was a great pitching showdown. It was awesome. The two of them really just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, again, I'm a Met fan, a Philly hater, uh, a Washington hater, a Brave hater. But Aaron Nolan's not getting the love that he, uh, you know, that he deserves. I agree. He's been absolutely terrific. And um, I don't think it's decided yet. I think the Grom has to be the front runner, but I think it's it could definitely change over the last month here of the baseball season. And then the Washington Nationals. I know I've been very, very big uh, a lot earlier than you guys saying they should have traded Bryce Harper. Yes. And I know it's a lot easier said now, but I do know that I've been saying that for a long time when they were battling around 500 all season. Yes. Um, now they just get rid of Murphy. Yep. They get rid of Matt Adams. Yep. And what are they doing now? Why didn't you trade Bryce Harper if you're blowing up your offense? You got nothing for Daniel Murphy. I can tell you that right now. And he homered yesterday yes. for the Cubs. And uh, two hits. A clutch home run. What uh, else is new? He was and Russell And Addison Russell's hurt, so now you can put Baez at short. Murphy plays second. That is a very deep lineup. Murphy can play first or third also if you have to. Uh, and you know how Joe Matt Joe Matt might have him pitch at one point, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, it's a great pickup for them. They didn't give up anything. This Washington national team, Vinny, at the deadline, I think they also felt you know, um, they were. We don't torn. know what the Braves are. We don't know what the Phillies yep. are. We, if we go out there and win the next five games, we're in this thing. They didn't do that, and now they're just trying to recoup anything. They saved four million dollars, I think, on Murphy. Um, listen, they're not going to trade Bryce Harper to try and bring him back. They're not. They're right. not going to do it. They can't bring him back if they trade him. Exactly. So that's why you're not going to see that. Um, the team that claimed him supposedly was the Dodgers. So now you're talking about a loaded farm system. Something could have been worked out there. It's just it's it's just not going to happen. We're going to see the next guy at the John Tavares to do it to his team. I'm oh, telling you. I think because uh, Washington, I don't think they could afford him with the Scherzer contract on the books there. Gone. And uh, I'm sure Strasburg's making a pretty good deal. But you don't well. need him either. You have Victor Robles coming up. You have right. Juan Soto. Their outfield stacked. You and they have, got a um, for him they have Eaton over there, too. Yeah. Yes. And obviously, the return you could get for Bryce Harper is insane. Right. Uh, but like you said, they were torn. They didn't know if they should sell, buy. They didn't do either. They didn't try to get better either. Yeah. But they didn't. Um, they didn't give they're up. Done. They didn't throw the white flag, and now they have. They're out. They're done. They're officially out. That's your World Series prediction. Yep. So very disappointed. Oh yeah. Uh, in the Washington Nationals, but let's get back to your Cubs. It looks and, like uh, they're I'm running sorry, away. Real quick, Steven Strasburg looks horrible. Uh, he mm-hmm. came back the other day. He looks absolutely horrible. You might be talking about one of the biggest busts in, fa- in not just fantasy history, in baseball history. And uh, I have head cases. Yeah, and I don't feel bad for him because uh, I feel bad for him, but I don't feel bad for the Nationals who benched him in that playoffs when they actually had a shot of doing something. They're one game under 500. Uh, are they going to finish over 500 this year? I think it'll be close. It's really going to be do. right around there. Yeah. It's going to be living right here at the 500 yeah. mark all season long. But uh, the Cubs are emerging over here as the best team in the NL. They are the uh, favorites to win the National League pennant. Um, what do you think about the Cubs over here? Because the Cardinals are not going down lightly. They're actually in uh, front of the wild card right now, yes, and they're sir. only three games back of the Cubs, who seem to be on quite a roll. Yeah, the Cardinals 8-2 and two in their last 10, three games back, like you mentioned. Um, 
And the Brew that's at the expense of the Brewers, unfortunately, who are now five and five. They're three and a half out. I like the Brewers, Vinny. I like what they did with the whole offense. I like Aguilar, who slowed down, but the season that he had, I love Christian Yellick. Lorenzo Kane hasn't worked out to what it's been, but you were on it all year, so credit to you. They needed that front-line starting pitcher. They didn't go out and get it at all. They didn't go out and, and improve it all. They just claimed Harvey from Cincinnati, who they tried to get, who won't be dealt. Um, you know, that wasn't going to boost you up at all here. Right. So, uh, to me, that's that's a bit of a, an unfortunate thing, the Brewers. Um, the Cardinals, man, they have the pitching. They have the depth. Ozuna just went on the DL. If he's able to come back. But you have other guys that have stepped up, like Harrison Bader has stepped up. He's been awesome. Uh so, but the Cubs, like to your point, I got off topic here. The Cubs, they just brought in Murphy. The lineup is so deep. You saw Baez is still on a complete tear. He had a home run the other night, I think 481. He's it was starting to run away with that. It was unbelievable. Award. Bryant is going to come back. This other kid, Bote, who's been playing third, hit a home run last night. Uh, I think a walk-off, actually, um, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, just unbelievable. Darvish hasn't even pitched, Vinny. One of their He's not biggest, coming back no, either. He's shut down. Yeah, he sucks, too. Uh, I wouldn't even count him for next year. But um, Alex is right. Your boy Alex is right. Um, to me, the Cubs, man, uh, it's something cool going on, on over there as well. Let's talk about their uh, trade deadline accusation. Uh, somebody I laughed at if he were to come to the Yankees, but Cole Hamels yeah. has virtually been unhittable. Yep. He outpitched Max Scherzer in one game. Uh, he threw a complete game the other night. Yep. His ERA is under one with the Chicago Cubs. Is this guy uh, back in the winning place? Is Chicago the right fit for him? Because it sure is hell looking like it right now. I think so, man. He's playing on a winning team, which he hasn't for the first, you know, in the last couple of years. He's got Joe Madden as an incredible manager. Um, yeah, and he's faced, he doesn't face the DH, Vinny, which is huge. So, to me, I am buying in on Cole Hamels on this team. Yeah, now he looks like um, he's even battling to be the starting pitcher, number yeah. one pitcher going in there, especially with you Darvish out. And Quintana so, has sucked. And, yeah, so. Quintana has not been. I know you loved Quintana. I did, and man. I wanted him going into this yeah. year. Thank God he didn't uh, fall to me. He has been awful. But he has not been uh, what they expected with their trade with the White Sox. Yeah, it's definitely over four. It's definitely mm. over four with him. So, he's unreliable. Hendricks is okay. But Cole Hamill seems to be the guy now over I there. I think Lester will still get game one. But Hamill will go in game two. Probably. And Lester got to a really hot start. I don't know how he's been doing lately. I'm sure he's still yeah, doing well. Yeah, he pitched well against Detroit the other day. He was, um, he was like Cy Young worthy the first couple of months, Lester. But yeah. um, that guy can't throw to first. And uh, <laughs> honestly, when he starts, that's all I look forward to is a runner on first base, <laughs> no matter who it is. But, um, all right, let's get into the wild card because this National League is completely open, Mike. Um, we got the Cardinals at first. They're a half game up on the Brewers. And then the Rockies have won seven of their last ten games. Uh, they're one game behind the Philadelphia Phillies. You were just mentioning Aaron Nola. They're yep. two games back. And then the L.A. Dodgers, who everybody was picking to win that West, uh, they don't quite have it yet. They are three and a half games back of the wild card. Let's see how many games back they are of the division. They are three and a half back of the division with Colorado ahead of them. The best team on paper that you've just read is the Dodgers. Definitely and it's on not paper. Even close. Definitely on paper. With Machado and Dozier as your acquisition to an okay, you know, still a good lineup going in. It's not even close. The pitching has been there as well. Now Kenley Jansen's back. I think you're going to start to see them climb. He blew the game. His first game back the other day, he gave up two home runs. Yeah, is he back to Kenley Jansen? Yeah, he is. Question. The velocity was up his second time out there, so... Um, I, this to me, they they need to you know start that run, man. You're getting a little later here, but uh, they have the pieces to do it. I, Milwaukee, uh, you know they they're could, my team out, Mike. They could fall. Uh, and I'm not listen, Colorado. I am not trusting the Colorado Rockies with that pitching. I'm not. And I know Marquez goes today. He's not a bad stream either. I think he's going against St. Louis in Colorado, so you can stream him if you want to. I am. Um, but 
I think that they fall out and um, even Philly, man, you know, they've, they've slowed down as well. As Dubal Herrera hasn't been the same uh, as Drupal Cabrera hasn't been good since he was brought over. Um, there's a lot of question marks here. And it's crazy that the St. Louis Cardinals were talking about in a wild card spot after they fired Mike Matheny and uh, we're talking about selling off pieces. It's like it's the NHL. You fire your coach, you go to the Stanley Cup, yeah. right? That's <laughs> pretty much how the Penguins do it all these years. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they fire Matheny and they've been on a roll and Shoemaker has just been literally one of the best hitters in the National League and, and all of Major League Baseball for that matter. Um, I got the Cardinals as a wild card, whether it's one or two. Wow. I got them going in there. I'd buy, I'd buy into this team very Who's quickly. Your other one, then? They're a winning team. Uh, the other one, oh man, it's tough. Um, it might be Philadelphia, but um, I don't know. Uh, do you think the Diamondbacks are going to win that division, though? Are you going to get the Dodgers in the division or the playoffs? I really don't know. Because I know you got the Dodgers in because you I, like them on paper. I think they win the division. Unfortunately, really do. you don't play on paper. I know. You're right. So division or wild card for the Dodgers? I would think they get the division. And does that make the Diamondbacks get the And then I would have Colorado card. out. And uh, Arizona out. Yeah, Colorado's hot, but I'm not taking them. Right. And I don't think Arizona even too, man. I don't know if they can sustain that. I really don't. Arizona does I have think some St. Pushes. Louis is fair. And um, I still think Milwaukee with the season they've had, man, I, I can't write them off. All I right. What's, uh, what's the Braves and uh, Phillies looking like here in the division? I might start writing off Rob's Braves here. No, they just, they've been on a tear. Uh, three games up. That They've is good cushion. There. That's good cushion. They just beat up there. on Pittsburgh, um, Miami. How about that team? Nobody had this team uh, doing what they're doing. Yeah. That's for sure. And ESPN, are you on ESPN? If you scroll over, I'm on Yahoo. Oh, uh, so ESPN has the playoff percentage, which I've read off on this show before. You're liking that stuff. I do, man. I think that's pretty cool. So Atlanta is a 69% chance of making the playoffs. Philly's at 45. Cubby's 98. So shoe in. Yeah. The Cardinals, 62, Brewers, 59, and then Arizona, 56, Colorado, 39, and the Dodgers, 61. Dodgers, 4-6 and six in their last 10. All right. Well, my World Series prediction is still up there. I had the Yankees and the Cubs. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens with that. Mine um, is not. You're, you're out. All right, I have so, the Astros and the Nationals. So, as for – I'm going to give the Dodgers the division, too. I just look at that team and say how uh, – how are they in the position they're in? Right. But we know the start they got off to. So I'm going to give them that. And um, I'm going to give, I'm going to give Philly. I'm going to get the Diamondbacks out of there. You know what? I'm putting Philly in as the second wild card of the Cardinals. D-backs fall. Dodgers win the division. So Dodgers, Cubs, Braves. Maybe the Phillies will take the Braves. And you don't have the Cardinals in. I got the Cardinals in. You do have the Cardinals. I do have the Cardinals in, the D-backs out. So and Milwaukee, you have out. Oh yeah, I, Milwaukee, I'm not sold on. I, like I like you mentioned, yeah. I haven't been sold on them at all year. I don't trust their pitching at all. Pretty good bullpen with Hader and um, what's his face? He just said I don't know why I can't remember his name. They just sent Corey Nebel down actually too. So trying to wake that kid up. Uh, 500 team away. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of just want Milwaukee. Very to be very in. very interesting National League. It's going to be a fun race going down the stretch here. The two wild cards. It makes you know, it interesting. Dodgers are 500 at home. That's not good. No. <laughs> That's not good. Colorado at home, 33 and 29. They're not, you're not beating up on teams at home. Yeah, you definitely got to win at home if you're going to take any uh, strides over here to win in the division. Uh, NL West has definitely been better than uh, we thought it was going to be. Yeah. And the Dodgers are definitely worse than we thought they would be. Can you imagine? We see the postseason with no Washington and no Dodgers. 
I mean, it's certainly possible. It really is possible. If there's ever going to be a year that, that does it, it, it should be this year because you would think it's not going to happen again. I'm glad because in the beginning of the year, I said it was going to be so much chalk besides the um, the wild cards. Yeah. Uh, but I thought we were going to see the same division winners as last year. Mm-hmm. Every single one, except for maybe Yankees-Red Sox is a switch. Um, you pretty much knew the American League, you're getting those teams. Right. You're getting those teams, but Oakland's definitely uh, creeping up on the Astros, not making it easy. And that is frightening as a Yankee fan, knowing you might have to face Justin Verlander in the wild card game because we know the Yankees have not done a very good job against Houston in the playoffs. I give Cleveland some credit because I know that division is awful, but you're still now you're talking 73 wins. They had a pretty good week. So, you know, Cody Allen blew the game last night. I, I don't think he sees another Your same boy. opportunity <laughs> the rest of the season because Cody I mean, Allen's no good. Abysmal. But, um, you know, again, 73 wins is nothing to laugh about. I wish the Mets had 73 wins. As far as that West goes, um, Houston is still just not playing up to par, uh, still have the injury issues. Oakland, to win that division, um, game and a half out. Possible. It is. Houston on the road, Vinny, 45-21. and 21. Houston at home, 33-29. and 29. It's, you know, Why can't they win at home? Defending champs. And Houston, it's still, a Harris ballpark, though. You say everything you want about that great pitching staff, but yeah. uh, they have not been pitching as well as they have in the first half. Best run differential in baseball, the Red Sox 218, so they've overtook Houston. Houston was in front for a while there. Houston 207, they are second. And that's a stat that I look at, too, just to see how you're performing. So if you look at Seattle, Seattle's minus 40 and above 500. That means they just had, you know, a couple blowout games where, uh, you know, they've been blown out. So, um. Yeah, just it's going to be interesting. It is. It <laughs> it's really going to be is. tight. I mean, every week we're going to sit here, we're going to have the same talk, and it's going to be new teams in the fold. So um, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, any interesting matchups today? I know Clayton Kershaw is going for the Dodgers. Let's take a look here. Yankees have a doubleheader. Game one, uh, I know Baltimore called up some kid. If I was betting, I'd be taking the Yankees. Clayton Kershaw is a minus 390 favorite at home against the Padres today. That is ridiculous. Seattle, Arizona, that's a nice little flashy matchup. Who's uh, pitching over there? Not that it matters. You have the Red Sox and the Rays. Red Sox coming off a loss. 10-3 they lost last night. Bullpen day. Our boy Robbie Ray takes the hill against Wade LeBlanc. I did see that. So, actually, he's having a decent year over yeah. there. But you, you should know. think that should be a win there, too. For Arizona. Yep. Uh, the Mariners have definitely fallen off. I can't believe Robinson Cano, one of the best second basemen I've ever seen, honestly, playing first base. Yeah, like third <laughs> yeah. in the night. Wow, I would love to see him on that side. He was a shortstop coming I up. I picked him up in fantasy, man, because now you're talking about somebody that could have first base, third base eligibility. He could have had some other position. So. fantasy because he's a good hitter, regardless of the eligibility. Well, we don't know how good after the Roy thing. Well. I know steroids don't matter to you. Man, and but. you know what? <laughs> no, it doesn't. And you know what? Um, <laughs> what was I just going to say? Oh, Kluber Day. Remember all these Yankee fans panicking that they didn't sign Robinson Cano. We got to just trust Brian Cashman because, like, like I mentioned in the past, Besides of Jacoby Ellsbury, this guy's done everything right, every single thing right. Because yeah, we missed Cano those first couple of years, but I mean, do you miss him now? I don't think anyone does. I, don't, I definitely don't miss him for thirty million a season. So all hail Brian Cashman, he he was right again. And this time, instead of taking on the thirty-year-old contracts, the late thirty-year-old contracts, I know he did it with Ellsbury. He's starting to just throw them off the books now, and that's the way to go. He finally went young, and it's obviously paid off for the Yankees. Corey Kluber Day, Indians coming off three losses. It's minus 300, but maybe a run and a half and something to look at as well. Mike Fires 
And the A's, he's another guy, man. This rotation. <laughs> that ERA is down to a 3.21 for Mike Fires. This rotation. I'm starting him in a league two today. So uh, Giancarlo Stanton's boy. Yeah. I, <laughs> I actually, that rotation has just been unbelievable. And so. yeah, Fires has been a pretty good pickup if anybody picked him up. Uh, he was not worth streaming. He's worth keeping at this yes. point, especially playing in uh, with Red Hot Oakland. Yes. Uh, Milwaukee taking on Pittsburgh, a little NL Central matchup. Uh, Jimson Tyon. And his one testicle uh, going against uh, Shasin, your boy. Yeah, I like Tyon today, too. This is another uh, – listen, you always say it looks easy, but uh, clearly one of these teams is going to lose. But uh, I feel very confident in that Corey Kluber game uh, with the Indians there. What was that line? Did you it's see? minus 300, but you would think minus one and a half. Oh, yeah, the, against, uh, uh, against Kansas City Royals. off three losses. <laughs> three losses. And then uh, Miami and Atlanta seems to be the biggest rivalry in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Which is getting um, actually kind of crazy. Acuna got flunked again the other yep. day. Then they hit Anderson twice. Uh, you know, one of them was a slider. It looked like not intentional, but uh, just still, I don't know what's going on in Miami. Mattingly and Jeter have to get control. Anibal Sanchez actually playing He's pretty good. Ball. Yeah. Six and four, three point th- uh, thirteen ERA. He's going yep. against Y and Chen, who is usually better than he is. He is dog He's shit. Soft. Four nine, five point twenty. Um, over under set at seven and a half for that game. I kind of like that over. Uh, not looking at it. So. The Braves could put up five on their own. So, and it looks like we got a cheap Phillies spread here, minus one twenty. What's that, Mitch? Uh, Nick Pavetta versus Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez is one of my fantasy busts this year. Nick Pavetta is coming off a horrible start against the New York Mets last Sunday, so could be a that could be a game to look at too. Maybe a bounce back game there. You like Pavetta? I, I do. Besides last week, which is in that little league stadium, I, I don't think that's fair. Nick Pavetta's actually had a good uh, a good season. So, so the Mets. Let's talk about them real quick. Um, 57 and 71. You said they're going to lose 100 games this year. Well, that's not going to happen now because they've had a good week of baseball, a good two weeks, actually, of baseball. They haven't been as bad as advertised. They're winning games that they shouldn't be. So they're not going to lose 100. But I said this to somebody last night, Vinny, and it's not going to happen. But if they don't go out and sign Manny Machado, Again, this They're is not, going, not to. going to happen. <laughs> They're not. This is still going to be a laughing stock next season. You're still going to go into the season with the same the same team. What? How are you going to get better? And that's why I said they had to trade the ground. I've been saying it too, man. And a lot of Mets fans are really happy they didn't. Uh, that's great. They're you not signing anybody, and they got nobody coming up. So this is you're looking at the team that you're gonna have the next same year. team. Except they're gonna do those little Todd Frazier moves that they'll sell you on, Jason Vargas moves that they'll sell you on. Oh, oh there we home, go. So. Yeah, I'm saying you thought they had a pretty good offseason, and uh, obviously Jay Bruce hasn't lived up to a dime. Of you his. brought up Jay Bruce though. That is somebody to watch in fantasy down the last month. He had a home run last night. First base uh, outfield eligible. He has power. We know that. Uh, definitely somebody to keep an eye on in fantasy. Somebody month. to keep an eye on in fantasy. David Wright. No, <laughs> definitely not. Are we going to see David Wright playing uh, Major League Baseball in September yes. since Tim Tebow you will. is not going to be up? Yeah, he's going to retire. All right. This is the year. Very Real quick, I just want to bring up to you guys. I put it on our Twitter. I don't know if anybody actually watched it on our Twitter because the links, getting a link to load is not good. But there's a story that TSN did, the Sporting News out up in Canada with Joe Murphy. Did you watch it? I saw I'm you not, nodding. Yeah, so um, it's unbelievable. Vinny, former first-round pick, Joe Murphy, he won a Stanley Cup with the Edmonton Oilers. He got a concussion uh, after the Stanley Cup season, and um, he has severe CTE now. And TSN did this story. Uh, he's now homeless. He's in Canada, homeless, living in the woods, living on the street. Um, it's unbelievable. It's about a 15-minute video. You have to look it up. You have to watch it. It's must-see. Uh, Trevor Kidd, a former goalie for the Calgary Flames, actually, who never played a season with Joe Murphy, never played a game with Joe Murphy, 
goes into uh, the town where Joe Murphy is and just tries to find him, finds him, has a conversation with him. They want to get him help. They offer him help. Uh, you know, Joe Murphy politely declines or whatever. But the story behind this is Joe Murphy reached out to the NHL Players Association, Vinny, asking for help. And the Players Association told him that we don't help former players anymore, only current players. And wow. that has led into all of this. With You see the whole Daniel Carcillo thing, uh, you know, talking about CTE. You've seen former fighters that have passed away that have had Wesley CTE. Walker even said it on our show. Yeah, Wesley. Uh, yep, exactly. So another example, Larry Johnson. Your boy, Larry Johnson, has battled the CTE. So this story, it's on TSN. It's on our Twitter. I'll try and retweet it. It's about 15 minutes. It is insane. It is crazy. And it is must watch. And while you're on the topic of CTE, uh, Julius Thomas isn't playing tight end anymore in the NFL because yeah. he's going to pursue a psychology study in CTE. I saw that. Yes. Uh, and he was actually a pretty damn good tight end when he was playing with Peyton Manning in the Denver Broncos. Yes. Uh, one more thing. Going back yeah. to the NFL real quick. I don't know if it was yesterday the day before. They said uh, OBJ close to getting a big extension. Well, he's now got more drama off the field. Uh, what happened? It's a very loaded story. Not really him, but apparently him and Drake are hanging out in the VIP of a club. I saw this with a fight, right? And with, then the, uh, some Instagram model is yeah. flirting with him. Her boyfriend gets upset, makes her leave. The boyfriend starts talking trash to OBJ. Now it gets a little weird. Now Courtney Kardashian's ex-boyfriend beats up the security guard. Correct. And he's ne- this boyfriend is now suing Drake and OBJ. Odell stood. The video's up. Odell stood yeah. there and did nothing. He didn't do anything. Yep. But I think he's, he's fine. I think this guy is suing him saying that because of this is not see something say. Yeah, right, he's not going to win that. There's no, a video no, of him no, doing no. nothing, and um, it seems like this old, that's no, not the guy to sue. Sue the security guard. He's the one who laid hands on. Or sue Courtney's ex, say a time running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go for that. Maybe you get a settlement. Out <laughs> Leave Odell alone. Did you guys see the? Uh, there's a boxing match. No big names, yeah. but this guy yeah. just walks out of the <laughs> yeah. ring. They ring the bell. He does that. He, he touches gloves. Uh, they ring the bell, and he just walks out as a statement saying he didn't get paid enough for that bout. Yeah, that's horseshit. Hopefully, yeah. he never finds another bout ever again. I mean, um, <laughs> he's not a big name. That's you are awarded the stupid idiot of the week. So that's that. Uh, we're wrapping up here. It looks like we're com- coming to an end yeah. here. It was a good show. We want to thank Ron Dane for coming on, yes. former New York Giant and former Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, it was good talking to Urban Meyer with you. We got college football kicking off, everybody. And, um, of course, all the fantasy advice you need, Big Mike is here for you on his Twitter and our Twitter. So thank you very much for everybody listening, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Good night, everybody. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.